Welcome to today's episode of Reimagine Property, a podcast series where we get experts to give you tips on how to navigate the real estate market. I'm Dunstan Igbo, the host today, and it's my pleasure to bring you our guest. Our guest today is Dom Constantino. Don is the managing partner of the Adelaide office of PKF. PKF is one of Australia's leading business advisory, accounting, and assurance providers. Dom has particular interest in taxation issues involving the development and leasing of residential and commercial property. This has seen him develop extensive knowledge across GST, capital gains tax, and income tax advice as it applies to property. Good morning, Dom. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello, Dunstan. Uh, I'm well, thank you, and um, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you so much. We're very happy to have you because, um, you know, our listeners will be very eager to, you know, hear from you um, regarding your experience in this area. Um, taxation is very, very important, um, you know, to government, to the society and individuals and investors. So this topic is very, personally, I hold it very dear to my heart. So <laughs> welcome again. Thank you. Uh, a pleasure. A pleasure, Dunstan. All right. Um, I think we'll just start um, by, let me ask you first, what role does tax play in making property investment decisions? Um, well, I think every decision that you, when you purchase a property, you should have at least some thought to the tax. For example, if you were to purchase your own home, then there are no tax implications. That, that thankfully is uh, tax-free. On the other hand, if you purchase a, an investment property, whether, you, whether it is a commercial or a residential property, they will always have some tax implications. Um, and they vary. There are different types of taxes. There are state taxes, such as stamp duty, uh, and then there are the federal taxes, such as capital gains and income tax. So we need to be conscious of all of these taxes when we purchase uh, when we purchase pro investment properties. The two main taxes, uh, federal taxes, are the capital gains upon the sale of um, uh, upon the sale of a property, and also um, the the income tax when you rent a property out. Um, and so we need to juggle all of these when um, you purchase the property. The, the state taxes, really the big state tax is stamp duty. Um, that's when you purchase the property. Uh, in South Australia, when you purchase a commercial property, it is stamp, stamp duty exempt. So that's something that came in in the last few years. However, stamp duty on residential properties still exists. And that is the first of the state taxes that you will be charged when you purchase a property. The, the second of the state taxes is the land tax, and um, we can talk about this later, but that is once you yeah. own an investment property, not your main residence, but an investment property, and the land, is, the land component is over $450,000, then you'll be subject okay. to land tax, and that's an annual, an annual tax, Dunstan. Right. So, yes, to answer your question, um, tax does play an important role, and you've got to be conscious of it when you start investing in property. So that means it's very important sometimes um, before you start investment to actually uh, speak to an expert to know these implications before uh, getting into it. Yeah, I think that's important on a number of bases. You really do need to speak to an accountant, in my opinion, if you're getting into investment properties. 
because you want to be able to juggle if the property is negatively geared. You want to be able to juggle the negative gearing and the relevant taxes, like land tax. If land tax is greater than um, the negative gearing, then you would you would um, position your property to cater for the land tax. If the income tax is greater than the land tax, you would position your property such that it takes advantage of the income taxes. So yes, okay. uh, they are very important to think about at the time of purchase or even prior to purchasing the property. Um, I know you already um, mentioned some things related to this, but um, I'd just like to expand a little. Um, regarding the different effects on the commercial and residential property investments, the, the tax effects on uh, um, uh, residential or um, uh, commercial property investments, what are those uh, differences? Um, well, very simply, the the difference there is no difference in the um, the federal taxes. They are either it'll be either um, you will have tax to pay when you sell the property in the, firm, in the form of capital gains. And you'll have tax to pay um, upon the profits that you make in renting either a residential property or a, um, or a commercial property. Now, I don't think the taxes are that, that different at the simplest level. The main difference comes in the state taxes. Um, okay. Here in, um, in South Australia, land tax was abolished on, uh, sorry, stamp duty was abolished on commercial properties. So when you purchase a commercial property now, there is no stamp duty. Whereas if you purchase a residential property, there will, there will be stamp duty upon the purchase of the property. So I think the big differences in commercial and um, uh, residential is that here in South Australia, uh, commercial properties are now exempt from stamp duty. All right, that's a good one. So uh, that's a good one to think about, you know, when you want to invest, you know. Uh, all right, talk of capital gains. I know capital gains are very, very important. And um, uh, I've had, you know, chats with several people, you know, um, they don't want to pay capital gains tax, but unfortunately, they have to pay, you know. Uh, but some are saying, you know what, I just want to hold on to this property for for longer so that I don't have to sell it now and pay, you know. Uh, but, you know, how long, how beneficial is that really? And how long can really one hold, you know, the property, you know? What if something happens to the market in the future, you know? So I just wanted you to, you know, elaborate on this uh, concept. Sure, Dunstan. Um, I think, first of all, we need to talk about capital gains. Um, uh, uh, what, is the, what is the capital gains? And basically, if you purchase okay. an asset like a, uh, a property, if you purchase a property, upon the sale of that property, if there is a profit, there will be a capital gain. And the way capital gains works is that it, it effectively, what, um, once you've had the property for over 12 months, there is a 50% discount. So let's say we bought the property for $400,000 and now we're selling it and, and the market says that it's worth 600000 So we've made effectively, and we've had the property for four years, so we've effectively made a $200,000 profit over the four years. Well, the tax office says, one, if you've had it for longer than four years, you won't pay tax on the $200,000, 
however, we will give you a 50% discount. So you will pay tax on $100,000. And then that $100,000 is added to your income and the tax is calculated accordingly. So the important mm. thing or, or the, the, the distinction with capital gains is if you hold the, if you hold the property over uh, a year, you will get a 50% discount. If you purchase the property in January of the year and you sold it in March of that year and made a quick profit, well, then you're not entitled to the 50% discount. So you would have paid tax on the whole of the $200,000 if it was within okay. the year. So that's the real distinction. The other thing that I should say is that tax shouldn't drive your decisions. So that, as you well know, Dunstan, there are times in the market where it's hot just as it is now and people can get a premium for their property. Well, in that case, yep. you're probably going to sell the property and then deal with the taxation implications a bit later on. So, you know, tax shouldn't drive your decisions, but it's an important factor in making the decision. So I, I'm not, not sure that after you hold it for um, one year, there is no difference in the tax, whether you have the property for five years or whether you have it for two years, that, that you will still get a 50% discount and it's based upon the difference between the sale price and the purchase price of the property. Purchase price. All right. So what that critical period is just one year? Yeah, the critical period is one year. But after a year, you get... 50% discount. All right. I think um, I'm, I'm just thinking right now, that probably was uh, uh, the, the guys who put together this um, uh, law uh, probably did that just to maybe prevent some kind of speculation or? Um, no, I'm not sure about that, Dunstan. I'm not sure. Certainly, if, if for example, this is, this is buying a property and holding it, if we were to buy the property and sell it, well, different rules apply. You know, it may be outside the capital gains regime. We'd need to look at that. But on the generally, if you purchase a property to hold and to lease and then to sell, you'll get caught up in the in the capital gains regime, and you'll get this fifty percent discount if you hold the property for greater than um, a year. Okay. I know this is a very uh, big topic, you know, uh, probably we'll spend hours discussing it. Uh, I would just like you to just, you know, some brief overview, you know, um, regarding ubiquity in property, um, the tax implications, you know. Uh, I know it's a very large topic, but uh, for today, uh, if you just give us a brief overview. Yeah, we need to, when it comes to people uh, transferring properties upon death, there are a number of different scenarios. The first is, was, was the property, let's say that mum, mum and dad died or mum, mum died and the property is passed to dad. It's the property that they live in. So the mother died and now in her will, and it may not be a will, but um, it will be passed on to the husband. Say it's a husband. Um, okay. If it was the um, if it was the principal place of residence, and it continues to be the principal place of residence for the husband, then there are no tax implications. Um, effectively, at the point of death, there is no tax implication for the 
principal place of residence. And it, be, it continues to be the principal place of residence. And when the husband, when if, if the husband was then to sell the property, there'd be no tax. It would just be seen as his primary residence. That's not okay. the case if it was a uh, an investment property. For example, if we bought, for in this case, if the wife passed away and she had an investment property, then the will would dictate how this property gets transferred to, in many cases, how the property gets transferred to the husband. And if it was an investment property, at the date of death, a market value of that property would be taken. So let's say that the property was bought 10 years ago and it was worth $200,000. And upon the date of death, the, um, the property is now worth $500,000. Well, at the point of death, that um, the, the property will get transferred to the husband and the husband will have be deemed to have purchased the property at the time the wife bought it. So it would have been back in t 10 years ago. So it now belongs to the husband, but the cost base of the property is still $200,000. So if the husband then sold the property for $600,000, they would have a capital gains issue of $400,000 to deal with. Mm -hmm. So just repeating that, if the property is the primary residence, very, very simply, it gets transferred to the husband, then there are no tax implications. The husband will be uh, deemed to have got the property, but because he's living in it, there is no tax implications. If it's a rental property, the, the husband will be deemed to have purchased the property when the wife did, and so that he will take over the capital gains implications, but only upon sale, not when the wife died. Right, okay. So that's, that's, that's um, uh, important to note also, upon sale, not when the uh, death uh, occurs. No, Very not important. upon death. Um, what will happen is the will will dictate what happens. There will be potentially there will be a probate. After probate, the property will be transferred, but there will be no tax implications at that point other than the husband getting the property at the price that the wife paid for it 10 years oh, ago. Right. Okay. Fine. I want us to revisit this again because um, it's of concern to so many of our listeners. They will really want to understand um, because I think it's something that would eventually happen in most cases. Of um, people have people die. Yeah. <laughs> you Unfortunately, know? So, yes. And yeah. taxes so. uh, downstairs. <laughs> Going to happen. Can't get away. Can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Dom, I, I know this next question I'm going to ask you is also very, very large, you know, but I would just like you to just touch on it. Um, and maybe at some point in the future, we can find time to, you know, um, you know, elaborate on that. In regards to uh, land tax, um, I, I think it's a bit complicated. Um, I've had clients who are not really, uh, they're just telling me they don't really understand what's going on there. You know, if you just can give us sure. some overview. Yeah. yeah, sure, Dunstan. Well, there's been a big overhaul of land tax in the last couple of years. It used to be, for example, it, well, currently, if you have 
property over the value where the land is over $450,000 or $420,000, then you have a land tax bill. That, that is, no, that is okay. the case. It used to be that, for example, if a husband had a property, a wife had a property, then um, and they had a property together, those properties would have been dealt with separately. So they were seen as separate entities. Now, oh, if, right. um, now if the husband has a property and the wife has a property and the husband have a wife uh, and the partners have a um, property together, that property that's held together will be split between the two, two partners. So let's say that the, the va land value um, was for each property that they had, the, the husband had a land value property of 300. The wife had a land for her property, had a land, land property of 300. So they're both 300,000. And the, part, the, the property that they had together also had a land value of 300,000. Under the old regime, there'd be no land tax to pay. Now what they're saying is that um, in this briefly or very, very simply in this new regime, we take the land value that they have together and add that to the other properties. So effectively, the husband now has 300 of his own land, 150 of the combined land. He has $450,000 worth of land tax and the wife also has $450,000 worth of land tax and so now they have a land tax bill so the difference these days is that they accumulate all of the properties that you have um, and add them together so I think that's the big shift in the property the first one is that if it's over a certain value 450 then you're going to get land tax the second oh, thing right. is that um, if um, if you have various properties, they will accumulate them together and, and give you the land tax bill together. That's very simple. It's a little more complicated than that, but that's effectively the, the case. Right. But I think, um, Dunstan, it might pay one day when you've got time that we, we look at land tax in, in a bit more detail. Yeah, thank you very much. I really love us to look at that because um, um, it's, it's very detailed and um, it's very, very important. It and, is. Uh, and there's so many of our listeners will be very keen uh, to, you know, come on that show again and listen to um, uh, what we have discussed on that day. All right. I'll, 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 before I let you go, uh, um, what do you advise? Any, uh, I know... Um, this is not whatever advice we're giving here is general um, uh, to our listeners. If you uh, want professional advice, you need to seek professional advice from a service, uh, from um, whoever you trust can give you that advice. Um, but um, our discussions here are general. Um, so um, I have a couple of you know young uh, people who want to get into buy investment property and all that. And uh, I know at the beginning of the show, you were saying something about um, tax shouldn't be um, a major consideration when you want to buy an investment property. But I, I see most of them really, really, you know, talking about tax even before deciding on the property to buy. You know, I don't know what's driving that, but um, do you have, uh, like, tips that you just, you know, you've been in this game for a very long time? Mm. Um, 
Well, my What's, tip uh, is that there are uh, there are taxes that apply to the purchase of properties, and um, I think and and um, there are things like things like depreciation that also um, what a, that that would apply to the purchase of properties. What I think that needs to happen is that you really do need um, your 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 professional that you use, the account that you use, you need a relationship with them. And you need to be able to say, I'll come and, and speak to you. Uh, I'm, I'm purchasing a property. Can I come and speak to you? Um, can we go through the taxes? And can we work out the best entity to purchase this property in? So I think there's a conversation to be had. I think what happens too, too often is that people um, see the accounting fees a bit expensive, so they don't do it. <laughs> but they happy to pay hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for the property and then find at a later date that they should have perhaps structured it a little bit differently. So yep. my, my advice to any new person is that, sure, go ahead and purchase a property. I think it's a good thing to do. Um, but you should be aware of the implications of tax upon that property and how that affects the structures of that property. All right. All right, thank you so much, Dom, uh, for coming on the show. I know our listeners have really, really benefited from uh, what you had to share with them today. And um, we'll be very, very happy to welcome you another day. Uh <laughs> love, love to speak to you again, Dunstan. We should make it a regular thing. All right, thank you so much, Dom. Thank you. And to you, Dunstan, and thank you very much, and thank you to your listeners. Bye now. All right, bye. Thank you for listening today. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode. Let's continue to reimagine property. The information heard in the podcast Reimagine Property today is of general nature only. They are not intended to be substitutes for professional advice. The information provided is general and does not take into account individual circumstances and objectives. It does not constitute advice or recommendations, expressed or implied. Seek qualified and professional advice before making an investment decision.